Hello, everybody. This is Mark Vines, and welcome to The Mark Vines Show. And thank you for joining us once again on your one-stop shop for freedom, liberty, the Constitution, and frankly, the American way of living life. So I wanted to share with you guys today a recording that I made with our good friend Frank Runnels, the host of the uh, Lies People Tell podcast. And he and I were uh, doing a recording the other day, and uh, this was on his show, so I was a guest on his show. And I really thought that the content of the program was important enough for us to share on this podcast. Just in case those of you uh, have not subscribed to Frank's show and you didn't get a chance to hear it, I just wanted you guys to hear what uh, Frank and I were talking about and um, listen to some of the great points that Frank made. So with that, guys, I am going to share this with you and introduce you to Frank Runnels and his show, Lies People Tell. So Here's Frank's show. Take care. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down to make you pay. Hey folks, this is Frank Reynolds, and this is The Lies People Tell, and that was our president, Joe Biden, uh, talking either about the uh, Taliban or MAGA folks. I'm not sure who he was referring to. Probably both. Well, And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Joe and what's going on in the world, and why does he say Taliban instead of Taliban like everyone else? And we're going to discuss that with my good friend, Mark Vines, the host of the Mark Vines Show. So, Mark, are you there? Yeah. Hey, Frank, how are you doing? Good, good. So, you know, you hear Joe there. He's being very, uh, very uh, forceful, and he's in charge. I'm going to hunt you guys down. What do you think? you think he's going to do that? No, and I no, I don't believe that at all. And I think that this has been an absolute tragedy and travesty. And um, I, I've never seen anything like this. And um, it, it's it's all very confusing. And I know a lot of people are going to say that uh, there was a, a drone strike yesterday, and there that's an example that he took action. But you know, it's a day late, dollar short, and um, you know, I think to a large extent, it's just sending you know, an attempt to send a, a message. And I. I don't think that I think this is going to be just a token um, attacks and as you know this is this is Saturday afternoon and we're not leaving until Tuesday and I just hope and pray that nothing happens uh, between now and then because I I don't have any confidence in this guy whatsoever. Well, that's the thing. He's saying, "Well, we're going to hunt you down." Okay. Well, until when? Tuesday morning when we leave? I mean, how can you hunt them down if you're pulling everybody out of Afghanistan? It's sort of a, a mixed message, don't you think? Like we're gonna we're gonna hunt you down, we're gonna find you until Tuesday, and then we're all out. I mean, it's it's, it's hollow words. That's trying to project something that's really not there, in my opinion. Well, here's a question. I mean, or a statement rather. Listen, we have all these Americans that are behind the Taliban lines right now, and if he wants to go hunt something, why not go hunt? the Americans that we know are there and are going to be left behind. And everybody needs, needs to understand that, that Americans are going to be left behind. So why not go out and hunt hunt for them right now? Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's a good, a good question. If you really want to hunt something, 
there's a lot of targets out there to hunt that really would like to get found and get the heck out of there. And I love how they keep using the term if, you know, if they wanted to leave, like, like these guys have a choice, like anybody sitting there saying, you know, something I, th- I wouldn't mind giving that Taliban thing a shot. See how that works out. There's no American sitting there saying, geez, I wonder how this Taliban thing's going to be. Yeah. Sharia law, not a good thing. Oh my. And with September 11th coming up, yeah, but you have to know what's going to happen to you. September 11th, you know they're they're going to use you to torture you and behead you and put that on television on September 11th. I mean, it is there is there real does he really believe that there is an American saying, "Yeah, I'm I'm good. Just leave me here. I'm fine." Now, thanks for the offer right. for an airlift, but uh, it yeah, Frank, but this is like a new out. level of of shockingly stupid behavior by this president. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is his out to leave people behind because they're going to leave people behind. And that's one of the, uh, I'm going to play a clip a little while from now. Uh, Rob O'Neill, the, the seal that killed Osama bin Laden. He's asked about this, about a Biden alluding to the fact that we're going to leave people behind. It's just the way it's going to be. And I mean, he says that so cavalierly uh, because he doesn't really care, I don't think. I think there's a lot, a high level of, I really don't care. The only thing that bothers him right now is that this has become a political football for him, and he doesn't like that. But the fact that, you know, people are being killed and he's made the Taliban one of the best armed armies in the world is uh, not a big deal to him. Well, I'll point out something else too, Frank, that uh, I was watching a press conference with Jen Psaki the other day, and she even made a statement, if you listen real close, she said that if you look at American history, there are always people that are left behind. It's inevitable. Right. She, she actually right. said that in a press conference uh, just two right. days they're ago. Trying, they're, they're trying to prepare the American public to accept this is not a big deal. Yeah, and uh, here's the other thing to consider when we're talking about uh, armed armies. What's to say, seeing that now the Taliban has all of the weaponry that we've left behind there and lots of capabilities, and they're buddying up with China and all this stuff, what would happen if they overtook Pakistan? And because Pakistan is a nuclear power. Can you imagine if they overran Pakistan and the Taliban became a nuclear power? That's something to really consider, you know? You know, I never, never even thought well, of that. that couldn't happen. Yeah, I right. never even but thought of that. Are, but it could happen. I mean, you know, why they took over Afghanistan pretty damn easily. Uh, why wouldn't they be able to take over Pakistan? That's a pretty scary thought. Yeah, it's a very scary thought. You know, I'm going to throw out to Frank that... I. I understand that this this is absolutely a tragedy for the United States. No no question about it. And this this week was one of the darker weeks that we've had since 9/11. But for your listeners out there, I I want you to even you know pull back a little bit and look at this from the macro level, at the larger level. What has happened is Joe Biden has now this week destabilized the globe. Destabilized the globe. And and as bad as this is, 
with the, the Afghans that, that helped us and the Americans that are left behind, we need to look at the larger landscape and realize that what Joe Biden just did has potentially started a domino effect that's going to create an even, even bigger crisis for not only us, but for our allies. Yeah, you're exactly right. And speaking of that, let me play the, you this clip because this, I think, kind of sums up how Joe approaches foreign uh, policy. So listen to this. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is, but look, but no one's being killed right now. God forgive me if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. See, that knocking in that clip was him knocking on wood because he has a knock on wood foreign policy where he just kind of hopes, knocked on wood, everything works out. And he's saying, and this was uh, an interview he did with George Steffi Stephanopoulos, and before, you know, the bombings the other day, and, and, and lo and behold, we've had bombings. We've got 13 dead uh, servicemen, so 13, uh, 12 Marines and a Navy corpsman. And is that knock on wood policy, foreign policy, isn't working so good. You know, it's, it's, it's such a ridiculous thing, right? Oh, my God. This is, he's just hoping for hope's sake that everything works out. And this is not how, this does not instill confidence in in our allies. It does not instill confidence in the American people. And and that's just not a way to to do business. And and everybody sees it. Everybody sees it. And when, now I know that that could have uh, been a a tougher interview with George Stephanopoulos there, because that's who was interviewing him. I understand that, that could have been a, a a harder interview, but the fact is, by George Stephanopoulos's uh, standards, because understand that he is a, a hack for the Democratic Party. George was not completely light on him either. He was asking him some pretty tough questions, and you, uh, Joe Scarborough, you've seen Joe Car- Scarborough turn on him recently. I mean, you know, people that that were hardcore supporters of Biden have have turned on him which is pretty stunning why, in and of itself. Why do you think that is? Because it's you can't you can't argue what is before your eyes. The de- Democrats try, I, I get that, and they try very, very hard, and it's impressive the efforts that they go through. But there just reaches a certain point where it is what it is, and there is no sugarcoating it. No, you're, you're exactly right. And I mean, he's had a fawning media his entire time, to include all the way through the campaign, where he hid in the basement. It's been fawning. It has been, they have carried him uh, in their lap and uh, coddled him like a child. And uh, he's starting to get a little pushback and it's starting to show. Now you saw the, uh, the last uh, news conference he gave. And uh, let me play you a, a little clip from that. And uh, I, it really calls into question you know, is the guy still, you know, is he standing up underneath the pressure? Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, he gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. So they, he, he says out loud what he's not supposed to say. That they gave him a list of who to call on, the sequence of people call. And then the one guy, the last guy, and I think he called on Ducey, Peter Ducey, and he wasn't even supposed to call on Peter Ducey because I'm sure they, they were saying, do not call on Ducey because Ducey's the only reporter in there that's asking questions. And did you see 
while he's asking the questions, Deucey's asked him some hard questions, just how he's bent down, his head's down, he's, he looks like he's about ready to collapse. And, I mean, that look was a, a man that's almost ready to fall down. He's so under pressure and so, you know, out of it. It, yeah. it was a, just a, a, a picture of total abject weakness. Yeah, it almost looked off. like he was. Uh, it, it was almost like he was in church praying, and he brought his briefing notebook up to his mouth, and he was yeah. resting his mouth on the notebook. Uh, I, I, I was watching that real time while the press conference was going on, and I and it just hit me. I've never ever seen in my lifetime a president with that that uh, posture and that demeanor in a press conference ever in my entire lifetime. He looked like a broken man. He did. He did. You know, and boy, that does not still a lot of confidence in American people. And it makes the rest of the world say, wow, he is back on his heels. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good thing because there's a lot of people, bad guys out there that really are going could take advantage of this situation. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, Frank, that. Look, there's no secret that I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I did not vote for Biden. And for those of you that are going to say, well, of course you guys are going to be beating up on Biden. Uh, of course, that's kind of the, the obvious, right? But, uh, you know, guys, let's let's just put that aside here for a minute. And, and I'm, you know, forget about the fact that I'm a conservative. Frank's a conservative. I didn't vote for this guy. This is, we're here and it, we're living in the now. And this is, we need to have an adult conversation as a nation i'm very worried and i know frank is very worried where we go from here okay i didn't want biden in office but he's here but where do we go the problem guys is we now have three and a half years of this president who instills confidence in no one no one and this is going to create very very serious problems for us as a nation for example frank and let me just digress here for a second when biden uh, he gave a, a. He was being asked at a press conference about whether or not he was concerned that our allies were criticizing him, and he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he essentially said, uh, "I'm not aware of that. I'm, we're not aware of anybody, you know, criticizing us at this point." Well, after he made that statement, I went in and I was looking at um, the the questioning of the British Prime Minister um, Boris Johnson, and uh, this was this was a. a around the same time that uh, Biden was making this this statement and Boris Johnson was just getting his butt handed to him by the the members of the the House of Commons and the reason they were beating him up was they were upset because hey you didn't you meaning Boris Johnson didn't tell us about this pullout and he was trying to explain to them it's because I didn't know about the pullout and when he finally convinced them that he did not was not aware of this, then the discussion shifted to, okay, well, we can't count on them, meaning America, so you, Mr. Prime Minister, are going to have to go out and find new alliances for uh, Great Britain. And folks, that's a big deal. That is a very, very big deal. But it is Joe's Biden, Joe Biden's behavior, his actions, and his statements and things like this news clip that Frank just played for you that is it is causing our partners, not just Great Britain, but others, to pull out and rethink all of their alliances, where we used to be the leader in all of these alliances. This is a big deal, folks. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, his whole demeanor when all of these press conferences has just been, you know, kind of just bizarre and uh, uh, very kind of shocking. Uh, the presidency ages all of us, you know what I mean, that make it through the presidency. I haven't been the president yet, but it ages everyone except Donald Trump. Donald Trump actually after four years, came out looking almost better than when he went in. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't, he, I don't know shockingly, what, he did. He he. He's like I don't, he he's got the Benjamin. He's got the Benjamin Button uh, syndrome going. He's like he's getting younger as he gets yeah. older. He's the Keith uh, Richards but, uh, of politics. Yeah, but but Biden, man, he looks rough. But uh, I was, you know, you know how in all of his uh, press conferences. You know, he generally just turns around and walks away. Won't he take yeah. questions? Yeah. And there was a, a funny uh, Babylon B headline that said, you know, Biden, you know, uh, Biden, uh, when, uh, as Biden was, the, oh, how they say it, it says, uh, the Biden tragedy as uh, Jeopardy guest host, every time they answered a, a question with a question, he turned around and walked away. So, I mean, so he was like, you know, how they're having the guest host on Jeopardy, and he was the guest host, and they always answer with a question. So he's like, oh, if they're asking me a question, I got to leave, you know. And that's how <laughs> he is. I mean, he's, he runs away, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just bizarre behavior, and, and it's it's concerning. It is it concerning, is. you know. Uh, let me play you a clip of uh, – Rob O'Neill, and uh, he's the the SEAL, a uh, team, uh, SEAL Team Six operator that killed uh, Osama bin Laden, and he's being interviewed by Neil Cavuto about uh, what is going on in Afghanistan and the security and people being left behind and all this stuff. So it's two clips. I'm gonna play the first one, and we can comment on that before we get to the second one. Well, they've been planning what to do when we withdraw in Pakistan for, you know, 20 years right now. And this um, Taliban, ISIS-K, ISIS um, Haqqani, all this stuff, this is just stuff that they can use against us. They know what they're doing. They can say they're against each other. But when they do some BS negotiation, they being the Taliban, and then somehow ISIS-K comes in, they, Taliban can say, oh, that wasn't us, that was ISIS. And it's all the same dudes. They're just waving different flags. I mean, these are warlords and warlords and warriors that have been doing this for a long, long time. Yeah, there are guys in there from Syria and some some foreign fighters, but these are many of the same group of people. And they're they're just you know, it's, it, it baffles me right now that we're even considering negotiating with the Taliban. It seems to me it's pretty simple. Everyone outside the wire right now with Humvees and guns is Taliban. They're all right there. Why don't we just go kill them? That's a good idea. We shouldn't be negotiating with these guys. They're not a legitimate government. The fact that we're trying to legitimize them as a government is an insult to everyone who's fought and died in that country. They're just out there. They're doing this. They're laughing at us. And they're going to attack us again because they brought the perimeter. They're not, they're not extending the perimeter. They're just encircling it further and further. They know that they can get close to us like they did yesterday. They can let the dudes in with the suicide vests and the guns. They're going to do it again. And it's going to get worse. The more people we evac, the worse it's going to get for the Americans on the ground. And it's sad that we're doing this. It's, 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 it's shameful to see it. I haven't talked to one veteran that approves. It's disgusting. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he summed it up pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. they keep I don't agree with about, anything oh. or disagree with anything you just said. Right. Uh, ISIS-K, you know, Taliban doesn't like it and all this stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, they're all the same dudes. It's all interchangeable. And and I, and he's not the only operator I've heard say that. They're all the, they're all the same guys. They just change parties or change sides as convenient as they necessarily need to. And it gives everybody the scapegoat of everyone's pointing fingers at everyone else. No, he did it. No, he did it. He did it. 
You know, but I think he said it right. It's like, it's a pretty simple equation. If you're not one of us and you got a, a gun and a Humvee or whatever, you're probably a bad guy. Let's take them out, you know, and, and get them, push that perimeter back. They need to open this up, you know, make distance between the enemy and the good guy. And we don't have that. They keep getting close. That's how we had the bombing. And people, well, how'd they get in there? Well, they were led in by the Dalgun Taliban. That's how they got in there. That's why you don't trust the Taliban with doing your... I mean, could you imagine this, Frank? 20 years ago, when 9 and you and I were both agents when 9-11 happened. Could you imagine, if I'd have said to you 20 years from now, hey, when we exit from Afghanistan 20 years from now, guess who's going to be providing, who, who's going to be providing our perimeter security? It's going to be the Taliban. You, and you would laugh just like that, like you, you, like you are right now. You would laugh at me like because crazy, it seems right. crazy, right? Right. And it that's seems right. crazy, and that's what we're at. but this is exactly we, what we're doing. Right. We, they are doing our security work. They're, they're providing security for us as the Taliban. Security. Right. You know, and they're saying the State Department, you know, they had to walk it back. So they're like, yeah, we gave them a list of the people we want to get through and all this <laughs> stuff. And people are like, you gave them the, a list of people? I mean, do you could think you, they might use that as a kill list? Could, could you, once again, once again, okay, Frank, you and I are there, right? We're, let's say we're there. And our boss comes up to us and says, hey, Ma, hey Mark, here, hey, Frank, here's a list of all the Americans that want to get in here and get on a plane. Uh, do me a favor, take this list. You see that guy over there with the, uh, the AK-47? And, uh, you know, that, that group of guys over there with a the pickup truck with an M60 on the back, um, go give them that list so they'll know who the Americans are coming in. You, yeah. you would look at your boss and say, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> have have you, you been smoking crack all day or just most of the right. day? What? Are you nuts? <laughs> like, really? But you folks, yeah, here's what you need to understand. We're not exaggerating. That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, that's exactly it's what insane. we're doing. It's insane. Yeah. Well, let me play the second clip of uh, O'Neill. Paraphrasing here, but his message seemed to be to telegraph that, look, when we go, there are going to be some we leave behind, maybe quite a few. What do, you, what do you think of that? Well, it's very easy to say that when you're wearing a suit and you're in the beltway. I mean, we, you know, sometimes we leave some things behind. Those are people with family uh, real people that really die. I mean, he would know. He was a senator during the fall of Saigon. He was a vice president when we ditched him in Benghazi. Now he's a president during probably the worst day in military history. And he can just say, yeah, we left him behind. It's a shame you should do that. And you're going to notice what these people say who are getting advisor from crappy advisors. You're going to hear things like, let me be clear. Then you'll hear uh, 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 over the horizon. The next one will be the next ridgeline. You're going to hear cute stuff like that because that's what they say because they don't know what they're talking about. They don't listen to their people and they don't listen to people on the ground. And that's all they're doing right now. And hopefully they're thinking we can leave and during this very, very quick news cycle, we'll just forget about it. Once the Taliban turns off TVs, the internet, no one has cell phones. We don't really know what's going on and who's getting beheaded over there. It'll be fine. We'll forget about it at least by the next midterms. Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly what they're counting on. The news cycle moves along. The Taliban will shut down you know, the internet and everything to control that what goes out. And they'll send out what they want the world to see, not what anyone else wants the world to see. And it could be horrific what they want to do because they want to embarrass us. They want to embarrass us and shame us and embolden the rest of the world against us. And, uh, I mean, this is, this is bad, dude. This is... 
he raised a good point, and I'll even exp- I'll expand upon this. He raised the point. He said no one in the military that he's aware of agrees with what with this plan. I'll expand that uh, further. Frank, do you know anybody, not just military, but do you know anybody that says, yeah, you know what? I was kind of looking at Biden's plan there, and uh looks pretty good to me. Do you know anybody? Yeah. Right, yeah. How in the world are you the commander-in-chief and not one person that any one of us is aware of thinks that your plan is a good plan, but yet you, you continue with that plan anyway? Well, and they keep saying that, well, we, we were stuck with Trump's plan. Well, hey, oh. newsflash, uh, newsflash, then we should have been out of there by May 1st because that's when Trump wanted us out of there, before the fighting season. So that doesn't work. And secondly, you've overturned every plan that Trump left behind except this one. That dog doesn't hunt. No one buys that crap. And let's also be very clear about this. Trump's plan, and let's, let's just settle this right now, Trump's plan had conditions associated with it. And if the conditions were not met, then the plan ended. Period. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. There were there and were that, very specific conditions. By the way, his plan was is online. Anybody can go read it. And you can see that his plan and Biden's plan are not the same thing. And, and is there plan, really anybody out there that believes that this is how Donald J. Trump would have handled this situation? Is there anybody that really believes that? And I go back to, well, the date, you know, the dates of when it was supposed to be done. Biden purposely extended it because he wanted to have a photo op on 9-11. Yeah. I, there's no doubt in my mind. That's why he extended it out through the summer. So on 9-11, he can stand up and say, look at me. I stopped the, the longest war that we've been involved in. It was a photo op. It was a political stunt. And people have to die for that. Eh, for him, it's like, well, not my kids, not my family, so no big deal, you know? Well, here, here's so. the shame of it, Frank. I actually think he is going to have a photo op on 9-11. I really do think well, he's yeah. going to have one. But not the one he wants. No, it, not the one that any one of us wants. And I, and I yeah, hate to say that, exactly. folks. I really hate to say that, but I believe it. I believe yeah. it. If you think that the Taliban is going to let us out of there unscathed and not have one last punch at us before we go, you're insane. <laughs> yeah. We got multiple punches coming, I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, let, let's switch gears here to something a little lighter. We'll cleanse our palate with this going out. So uh, Andrew Como, the hero of uh, New York, the governor, the governator, uh, Mr. Hansey himself, had to finally resign and step down because of uh, his wandering hands, and uh, he was a little too touchy-feely. He was the love gov, as they say, <laughs> and uh, oh it finally caught up with him. So he had to resign, and uh, the new governor of New York is Kathy Hochul. I happen to actually personally know Kathy Hochul because I worked with her husband, who was a prosecutor in Buffalo, New York, and we worked a lot of big cases together. Very extremely nice people. Liberal as crazy as crazy can be. And uh, we'll see how she does. I wish her the best of luck. She's a nice person, but they're, they're liberal. So, I mean, it is what it is. But the 
thing is when when Como left, he left everything to include his dog Captain. So let me play you a clip uh, about uh, what Como did. Listen here. First, he's accused of abandoning good judgment. Now he's accused of abandoning his dog. Governor Andrew Cuomo allegedly left his dog Captain behind when he moved out of his residence at the governor's mansion in disgrace. Captain is described as a high-strung mix of shepherd, Siberian, and Malamute. He has nipped a few people since Cuomo adopted him in 2018. Plus, he's apparently not house trained. <laughs> apparently not house trained. I think he would be a great addition. The, see, the Bidens had to put down, they had uh, Ava and Adolf, they're two German shepherds, and I think Ava died. Uh, so this dog, Captain, would be a good addition to that group because he sounds like he's a vicious animal just like Adolf and Ada, Ava was, you know, and they weren't housebroken either. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine, of all the things, the last thing you do is say, what about the dog? He says, ah, it, yeah, the next people will take care of him. Well, where are they moving in? Who knows? Who cares? You know? <laughs> oh that guy that guy is a piece of work but this is but they actually that was a clip from entertainment tonight so entertainment tonight actually caught up and had a, asked the dog what he felt how he felt about the you know como and being abandoned this is what he said <laughs> you know? so you know Take that for what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, I, I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, you got to have a laugh because everything's so bad. You got to, you, you got to, you know, cleanse the palate a little bit. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to turn off the news and watch, you know, a baking show or something like that to just uh, get, get some equilibrium back. Cause man, things are bad. And I think, the next few weeks are going to get really ugly. So, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, hey, I, again, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and once again, uh, Mark, tell everybody where where they can uh, get your show at and any anything you want to plug. Yeah, hey, so listen, my uh, podcast is called the Mark Vine Show, and you can get it on all of the platforms where you can get. You know any of the uh, the podcasts that are out there? Please check it out. Uh, if you like the content of this particular podcast, Frank and I, uh, Frank has had has been on my show a number of times as a guest. Uh, we've talked uh, uh, to one another, and you know, folks, j you know, just keep your head up and um, you know, keep plugging forward. Who knows what the future is going to hold? Um, but you know, we're doing our best, myself and Frank both, to uh, you know, keep you guys informed and keep you updated and keep you motivated to stay involved in the political realm because that's uh, ultimately that's what we need to do. Yeah. Amen, brother. I mean, that's, that's the only way this can be solved, uh, you know, is at the ballot box and uh, we've got opportunity and see what happens when you elect a guy like Biden. Mm -hmm. That's why elections really do matter. They do. You know, as much as politics sometimes seems distasteful, but you have to pay attention to this stuff because these things can happen. This so, is what happens. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, I appreciate you you listening. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to, to the podcast. You can pick it up anywhere uh, you get your podcast. Uh, you know, take a go, take a look and if you could give me a five star rating and a, a good review. That that's always helps moves us up the chart. 
And with that, I want to remember, stand for the flag, kneel for God. Okay? So I love week, that. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.